Yeah, buddy. This is the non-microwave truth, and I am C.L. Whiteside. Our first world problem today, our first world problem stems from our last episode of the parent study. And when I was researching and, and looking into the parent study, we looked at Jacob and Leah. And if you're not familiar with Jacob and Leah, first of all, go check that episode out if you haven't done that all right. But Jacob and Leah are in Genesis 29. And Jacob and Leah, the, the question stems from this because Jacob decided to work for Laban for seven years, seven years. And the agreement that Jacob thought they had in place was that, hey, I work for seven years. I get to marry a daughter. He saw this honey named Rachel. She was fine, fine, banging body, beautiful woman. And he said, you know, what? I will work for you for seven years in order for her, for, in order for me to have her hand in marriage. And her dad said, yeah. But there's a catch. There is a catch. Although those seven, seven years is a long time. Although those seven years flew by and you talk about not microwaving the truth right there. There was a catch. And I always wonder, like, how did this happen? Jacob ended up marrying Leah, the older sister. I think the Bible describes her to say something like she has weak eyes. Like, well, I don't even know. What does that mean? Does that mean she just wasn't as good looking? Does that mean maybe something was wrong with her eye and she had maybe like a lazy eye or something? But but anyway, I always wondered how in the world did Laban pull the okie doke on him? And when you read in Genesis 29, it says that night that Leah was the one who went into his room or his tent. I don't know what exactly it says, but Leah is the one that went with Jacob. And it's like, how did he not know that this wasn't Rachel? How did he not know this wasn't the right woman? So I started thinking like, man, did Laban throw such a, a crazy wedding or feast or party, whatever you want to call it, and get this man drunk? Drunk to the point where he didn't even know the difference between the two sisters. Then I also thought about like, well, maybe they used the darkness. That the fact that it was so dark and they didn't have street lights or they didn't have the typical light switch where you can just turn it on and say like, oh, this is Leah. Is that how he got him? Or maybe she she had a veil on or something and she didn't talk or say anything and 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 Jacob was ready to get to it, so he didn't do any talking. He just got straight to it, if you know what I mean. And like, I have so many questions from this. I always wondered too, did Rachel and Leah know about this agreement that Jacob had with their dad before they even got married? Like maybe they thought something different. Like did Laban say, hey, you're going to get married, Leah, to this man in seven years after he gets done working? It's like, how many conversations did, did Jacob have with Rachel and Leah before this? Like did him and Rachel go on dates? Because it says he was in love for her. He was he was infatuated. He was he was loving what he was seeing. And the time flew by. I mean, seven years is a long time, but he did it. She must. That's that's a dime, though. But, yeah, I just wonder what what in the world happened? Can you imagine thinking you're marrying someone and then you wake up the next morning and you like, hold up. This is what in, what in the world? No, something wrong. Oh, we had sex? Oh, no. I, I didn't plan on marrying you. You marrying the wrong person? <laughs> but this happened to Jacob. He worked seven years, and he got the older sister, not the sister that he wanted. So I've asked a lot of questions. Let me ask the specific first world problem questions today. 
First question being this, and I want you to kind of put yourself in Jacob's situation just to think about this. I think if any of us would have been in Jacob's situation, we would have been like, no, 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 Laban, get back here. Nah, I, I need my real husband or wife. You no, no trickster, no playing games. This is a lifelong commitment. But do you think that would have been wrong? Would that have been wrong in God's eyesight if he would have rejected that marriage when he woke up and said, no, give me my wife? But we see what he did. He said, you know what? Just give me Rachel at the end of the week and I'll work another seven years. I don't think I could do it. But but what do you think you would do in that situation? And do you think it would have been wrong in God's eyes if he would have rejected that marriage and said, no, I'm not marrying Leah? And you got to remember, they already did the nasty. And you can't forget when he got Rachel, he didn't stop having Leah. He just happened to have two wives then. And this is our first world problem. Would Jacob have been wrong for rejecting Leah as his wife? What would you have done in his situation? And would it have been wrong in God's eyes to reject the marriage of Leah? And I would love if you can provide some scripture or some background on why you say yes or no to your answer. Remember, I would love to hear from you. Instagram or Twitter, Champion Life 23. It is dinner time. The title of this episode is Be Happy. Now, this is one of those episodes where you can't nibble on it and take a piece. You got to eat the whole thing. You got to digest the whole entire episode. So no taking sound bites, no taking clips. You got to hear what I'm saying so you can feel what I mean. But I need you to listen to the whole entire episode. I celebrate June for Juneteenth. Some people celebrate June for Pride Month. And I had an episode earlier this month called Pride in What? And somebody was like, oh, I thought you might be talking about something with homosexuals or or gay. And I didn't even think about that. Didn't even cross my mind. But something got sparked when I was on social media. And this is part of the reason I don't go on social media too much. But there's this reoccurring theme on social media that I've been seeing on Instagram, on, on Twitter, on TikTok. And that theme is do whatever makes you happy. Man, that like I look at that, that's super dangerous to say. And I know what people really mean, though. They really mean is do what makes you happy as long as it doesn't bother me or it doesn't bother someone else that I, I care about. And as long as you're happy and it doesn't bother me, I, I'm cool. And why I say that's silly is because happiness for some would be doing some crazy stuff like torturing people or sleeping with many people as possible, married or not or controlling and manipulating and and using people. That would provide happiness to some people. Some people will have happiness with messing with little kids. And like, it's obvious we wouldn't tell someone, be happy, just be happy, do whatever makes you happy. Like, that would be stupid, and pretty much none of us would do that. But I was on Twitter, and this girl blocked her mom, and she showed everyone the conversation that her and her mom were having. She screenshotted it. And then she tweeted the pictures of the screenshot. And in this conversation with her mom, you can clearly see the mom is not supporting her having a girlfriend. And the girl just kind of is like, mom, why would you not support me? Why would you not want to meet her? This is the happiest I've ever been in my life. Like, how, how dare you, mom? 
And then the mom asks an interesting question. She says, how could going against God's word make you happy? And then the mom went to say, like, hey, you're not going to inherit heaven. Don't send me this mess anymore. The mom pretty much says she's like, don't send me any more pictures. Like, I, I don't want to see this. So the girl got mad who, who posted this and she blocked her mom and putting this conversation on Twitter for everybody to see. Man, it was it got like a thousand retweets. It had like 20,000 likes and it was just a bunch of comments and people supporting and debating under the under the tweet. But I, I want to go back to that question that the mom asked, that question that mom asked of how could going against God's word make you happy? And I feel like that's an easy answer, though. Like that's in our American culture. That's what's in our sinful nature. That's what the devil is constantly telling us to do. It's constantly telling us, give our flesh whatever it desires. And you know what? Go against God's word if it doesn't give you immediate pleasure. Is what we hear all the time, and you know, in some form or fashion. And I did look at some of the comments underneath the, the tweet. And this is something that I see. It's like a huge excuse for people who are semi-spiritual or people who take shots at God. And I've heard a lot of people say this or something like this. And the comment was something like this. It says, what's wild to me is that people would willingly support and defend a God that makes everybody just the way he wants, but then would send them to hell after making them how he wanted. Make it make sense to me is what the person said. And I'm just like, man, the first thing that's misunderstood is this God, our God, didn't and doesn't make us sin. But we're all infected with sin, and I'm not excluded from that. The people he made exactly how he wanted were Adam and Eve. When we talk about from a from a perfect sense of them existing on earth. But even those two people, he gave free will. He allowed them to make choices. And the second thing is it's like two parts or almost two people in us or two possible versions of us. The part that's ruled by sin that goes against God's will. And then there's that part for some of us that's transformed a transformed person who is ruled by the spirit and in God's image and reflecting that. Now, some of us reject the spirit altogether and all of us reject it from time to time. Like that's the, the wedge of sin. And this is why we all need a savior. So like to say, God made me a jerk or God made me lazy. God made me look at that woman lustfully or God made you gay or God made you kill that person. That's beyond inaccurate. And everything that we feel or we're tempted to do, we don't have to act on. That is free will. Now, on this episode of Be Happy, this episode is not just to focus on gay or homosexuals, but it is an episode to look at is life all about chasing happiness. Like our sinful nature wants happiness in the wrong ways and in the wrong things. Now, I won't shy away from saying that girl on Twitter is wrong, though. I'll use the S word, sinning. But I'd be a fool to say that's not the only way people chase happiness in the wrong way. Chasing it through heterosexual sex outside of marriage, wrong. Chasing that feeling of my body and mind, being in intoxicated state of mind, through alcohol or drugs, wrong. Even people who are bashing or just going and beating the mess out of somebody else because they don't agree with them. Wrong. Like all of us are sinners, but all of us have a different predisposed sinful nature. And the reason I say this and, and what I mean by this is we're all tempted to chase happiness differently. 
The only reason I bring up that point, too, is to get the idea or I hear the idea that I was born like this. And I think King Solomon and I were, were born with some of the same similar dispositions. <laughs> and no, I'm not low key giving myself a compliment and talking about wisdom, but I'm talking about the predisposition of admiring the beauty of woman. I'd rather learn from Solomon, though. Like, I, I don't want to make the same mistakes as him. Now, Solomon chased that happiness, and his model was be happy. This man had 700 wives. 700. He had 300 concubines. And if you don't know what a concubine is, I guess the equivalent for today would be a side chick or a side piece. So that, But that's a thousand women. He was wired to like women. But that's a major cop out to be like, God made me like this. So it's OK for me to be happy and have over a thousand women as long as it's OK with them. Like God clearly didn't want this to happen. and He even warned Solomon about this. Now, in our world today, people will say, if he's not hurting anyone, let him do what he wants. But that's not God's response, though. Now, you don't have to believe the Bible to get this next point I'm going to make, but just hear me out. And this is the real life scary part. Where do you draw the line of how anyone should get their happiness? Now, what we see with Solomon, like a lot of others who microwave the truth, is that our lowercase God, lowercase G, is not the God of the Bible. And our moral compass is, is based off of what we feel is right at the moment or what can make us most happy. At least that's what we think, because it's really not. But that's what we think. Now, if all of us base our moral compass off of what makes sense to our flesh and not on God's word, it should be OK to punch someone in the face you don't agree with. It should be OK to go take whatever you want. It should be OK to enslave people like you should be able to do whatever you want, whenever you want, as long as it makes you as long as it makes you happy. But what if my happiness is predicated on making others miserable? Well, you should just know better, some would say. But why? If you are not, if you are not using the non-microwave truth of the Bible, then what are you using? You can't just use common sense and knowledge of today's world. Because even though it's called common sense, it ain't average. Because the average person doesn't have common sense. And the knowledge of today is always, it's always changing in our society. And history shows us how wrong we've been with some of the things we had in the past, some of our patterns before. Like our sinful nature, the desires of our flesh, will have us happily, they will have us happily destroying ourselves. And what's eye-opening, what's just fascinating is that the happiness we think this stuff of this world will bring us, like it really doesn't last. Most people aren't going to tell you that truth. Most things on social media, social media don't portray that. It seems like it lasts forever, but it doesn't. And man, I would strongly encourage you to check out the book of Ecclesiastes where you see a man who had everything. He had everything, but he came to the realization that this stuff, this stuff in this world, the happiness that we chase in this world, the, the giving into our flesh and having everything that our body and mind desires like that stuff is meaningless at the end of the day. So that person's model of be happy, he found out was pointless and could easily cause a person their soul. 
but I'm going to put you on game for free 99. There's one real life happiness, one real life happiness. And that can only be found through the triune God. Like that's the happiness through hope found in God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy Spirit. And this might sound crazy, but our life is not all about chasing happiness. That's the truth. That's the non-microwave truth. Our life is just not of this world. That's the thing we forget. That's the thing we forget most or we just don't care about it. Like when I've done some stuff completely against God's word, I wasn't thinking about a year from now. I wasn't thinking about a hundred years from now or a thousand years from now or eternity. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about right now. I was thinking right now, I got to have it right now. I got to have his pleasure. And that's all our sinful nature and what the devil wants us to be focused on is, is right now. But you reap what you sow. And this world we live in is so crazy. And so many things have been microwaved and trying to be easy and convenient that we don't even know what happiness really looks like a lot of times. We're basing what we feel or think makes us happy off of social media. We're basing it off of bad relationships. We're basing it off of garbage we see on TV or in movies or what we hear in music. And like that stuff's not real happiness. But I want to be careful about and I definitely don't want to make it seem like chasing or, or wanting to be happy is a bad thing like in and of itself it isn't bad but if it becomes our idol or we try making that the our, our number one spot then that's where the problem is and I just think about Abraham Abraham in the Bible who, who made it clear that would make him happy was to have a son but Abraham had to wait until he was 100 years old and Sarah when she was 90 years old to have a son and man, I, I'm, he should be happy with that, right? That's a blessing from God. But what God makes very clear is that your happiness or another person should never, ever come above me. And when you look at Abraham being tested, this is in Genesis 22. What God is really getting at is, are you going to be obedient to me or are you going to focus on your happiness or what you think makes you happy? And God will definitely test us in that regard because us being happy doesn't trump or make it okay to be disobedient to him. And I got to say that again. Just because we want to be happy doesn't give us the okay to be disobedient because we like, well, God, I just wanted to be happy and you want me to be happy, right, God? Like, nah, it, it doesn't work like that. Now, the just amazing thing that Abraham was able to do, though, and this is something I struggle with, is the fact that he thought that God could give him something better. Like that test and God saying, no, I'm going to take away your son. I'm going to take away the thing that makes you the most happy in this world besides me. Abraham said, OK, you can do it because I know you're a God who can give me more, who can make me happy in other ways, who one day will give me everlasting happiness. No strings attached, no catch. And kind of going back to that post that I was talking about on Twitter, it's amazing how many people say stuff like God doesn't care who you love. It's like, are you serious? This is a God of great detail. This is a God who cares who we love. He cares what we love. He cares that we love him first and he's our number one priority. And the quicker we realize that this world is not made for everlasting happiness, the better off we are. I have a few points that I want to emphasize on this episode of Be Happy. And the first one is that God didn't create you that way. Every desire you have is not from above. 
like our sinful nature, it's a microwave and it warps and it messes up some of our desires. And that's something that we just have to be conscious of. The second point is our sinful nature and the spirit of God, they desire happiness in completely, completely different ways. And a moral compass without the spirit of God and God's word, that's a broken compass. Like it's jacked up. It's an out of control microwave that makes the truth have an aftertaste that tastes like poop. It tastes like poop. And the third point is that there are a bunch of people chasing happiness and who want it at at any cost. But man, it, it comes down to always remembering when you aim to please the flesh from the flesh, you reap destruction. And when you sow to please the spirit from the spirit, you reap eternal life. I got this tatted on me. That's Galatians six, verse eight. I probably didn't say it exactly, but it, it's pretty close. And what does destruction look like, though? When you're around it all the time, it becomes normal and you don't even know what good looks like anymore. So you got to ask yourself the question, what am I really around? What does my environment look like? Because if you're comparing it to other destruction, then it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to seem OK or, or good. And I know for some people, this has to be on their heart. So if it, if it is, get in the word and pray about it. Ask the spirit to transform your mind so that you can test and approve that what God's will is and see what it really is and see what happiness really looks like. Because happiness has less to do with the external stuff. It has more to do with our internal stuff. I think about the girl on Twitter who, who made that post and ended up blocking her mom. And... She doesn't think that God can give her a greater or better happiness. And we're all guilty of this at times. I mean, I felt the same way, but I know I was wrong. I think about the people who are chasing happiness through money or, or clothes or myself when I, I did it through women or achievements or or sports. And I look at it like this. There will be some happiness or pleasure going against God's word. But it's levels to this. I see a person who's deliberately disobedient to God and it's like driving a, a hot Ferrari that hot Ferrari is eventually going to blow up or drive off the cliff and you're going to die though and I look at you know being a Christian a lot of times it's like driving a minivan you might have some bumps in the road it could be pretty scenic though now it's not going to be as fast and as hot as the Ferrari but it's going to get you to your destination safely and when you get to that destination you realize that you're in it all-inclusive beautiful resort that will have the wisest and most beautiful spirit there who's there to answer any of your questions who's there to pamper you who's there to wait on you and not only do you know their love but you feel it in the most perfect unimaginable way don't just look to be happy now don't chase happiness at the expense of, of disobeying god don't let the pursuit of happiness create a wall between god and the love and the everlasting happiness that he has in store for you some happiness can even be enjoyed in this life and know the next life is all or everlasting happiness. And I pray that God transforms your mind. He transforms who you are as a person so that your desires and the things that make you happy match with him and what he wants. Don't sacrifice temporary happiness for your soul. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Be Happy. If you liked it or loved it, share it with a friend. Let them know about the non-microwave truth, a Time of Grace production. Peace, punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I'm out.